Hello and welcome to True Crime Diary, a light-hearted podcast on a serious subject. Every two weeks we look back through true crime stories to discuss an event that took place on this week in history. I'm your host Mark Decana and with me as always are my friends Jed Lester. Hello. And Rue Turner. Hello. So the date we're looking at this episode is the 26th of November in 1983. One of the largest ever robberies in British history took place at Heathrow Airport. £26 million in diamonds, cash, traveller's checks, platinum and gold bullion were stolen from a Brinksmat warehouse. Traveller's checks? Yeah. <laughs> never used traveller's like, Have we not? I've used them once yeah, in I like 1990 or something. Yeah, I used, yeah, it must have been 92, 94, somewhere <laughs> so, around there. So rubbish, aren't Because <laughs> yeah. you can't spend them. No, you couldn't no, you you can, can, can no. then when no. they were... You had to arrived. take them into a special place, a, like... A shop. Yeah, or a post office or a bank. I remember I was in the US, I think. Anyway, I went into a shop and I was buying, well, it was buying probably CDs or something. Yeah. And um, I pulled out my traveller's checks and the guy audibly sighed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would have as well. Well, how, how did you, you didn't pay. I in, paid with traveller's checks. What, you just handed him a bit of paper that. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a check, basically. But he, it's like Scottish money, isn't it? Yeah, they didn't want that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. The, uh, with this particular, well, actually, before we start, the I'm still confused about. Brinks Matt. Is Brinks Matt the full name of the bank? It keeps two, getting wrong. <laughs> it's two companies. So not bank. Uh, so security. you remember we talked before about yes. the Brinks job. Brinks, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. Brinks. Brinks is the, the money people. Brinks company that holds money. Yeah. Globally. Yes. Globally. It's, a, it's, it's a securities company. They, yeah. they take care of your money. Yeah. Although they do keep getting robbed. <laughs> I thought at the time, admitted, because I remember it, this thing, and I thought um, it was a nickname for the bloke who did it. You know, <laughs> Matt. Uh, Matt. <laughs> Matthew. Matthew. Brinks Matthew. Yeah, Brinks Matt. He's, he's at oh, it right, again. Like, so it could have been just as easily Brinks Dave. Yeah, or, basically. Like yeah, Stinky yeah. Joe. Yeah, yeah. That kind of like Brinks Ian. <laughs> um, so I, no, I thought it was a horrible man called Matthew. <laughs> so what's the Matt bit? It, Matt is a transport company. Should look up what the M stands for. It's Armoured Transport, M A T. Money. Money. Money, yeah. <laughs> Military. Um. Uh, mainly. <laughs> mainly Armoured <Yeah>. Transport. <laughs> we do other stuff. Mostly Armoured Transport. You know, other stuff. It's mainly Armoured Transport. Music and theatre. <laughs> Uh, I've looked it up. It stands for Maths Admission Test. No, that's right. <laughs> rubbish. That's not right. <laughs> that's the first thing in Google. Ha ha, you fool! You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. So, um, in previous... Pot, uh, not in previous. In one previous pod, we've gone uh, specifically with the Alan Turing pod. We literally went round to Alan Turing's house and broadcast from there. Yeah. Um, and in this particular one, I commend to the pod listeners Mark's dedication to the cause because he literally moved to, to Heath near Heathrow uh, yeah. so we could do this I didn't so much move there as was born there he moved there moved there from, um, from the hospital back to the house it. in fact you were living very near the robbery hang yeah. on <laughs> I was there at the time yeah, for the were, ten yeah. years before <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, my point is, the uh, sometimes we go the ex- extra little mile to bring yeah. you content. And Just Mark's literally moved 
next to the airport. And we're not doing this from his house. <laughs> I've moved from away from it to do it from your house. We just need another three guys in a van. So, yes, Brinks, Matt. Brinks, security, US security company, and Matt, London-based transport company. Yep. Brinks, Matt. So it's in a warehouse. So basically they dropped off all this stuff at the vaults in the warehouse. Yes. Ready for like they did in the other Brinks, uh, one that we talked about, put it in a kind of depot or yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. Fine. Why would they have done that? It'd come into Heathrow and it would be shipped on another flight to other destinations. Okay. The gold was going to Hong Kong the next day. Mm. Right. So £26 million wow. in 1983, that's about £95 million mm. in today money. Wow. Pretty big. Sure. No small mm. patatas. And it's heavy things as well, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Travellers checks then. <laughs> Pretty heavy. <laughs> Especially if you have a big one, it's one piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Think about the weight of all those elastic bands. Yeah, right yeah. The ball. Paper the clips. Ball of rubber bands. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I can tell you that the traveller's checks were approximately... Pointless. <laughs> approximately pointless. <laughs> at face value, yep. not necessarily at actual fence value, yep. $250,000 of US traveller's mm-hmm. checks. There were a thousand carats worth of diamonds. A um, thousand carats? In lots of diamonds. In lots of diamonds. Not it wasn't one thousand carats. Would you ever lift it? It would be as big as your head. Yep. And some gold. Some gold. Three metric tons of gold. Wow. wow. <laughs> Look! Gold! Enough for a hundred bags! Uh, 6,840 bars in 76 boxes. Of the classic, the classic gold ingot. Bar. Yeah, yeah. And they're about they're about gold twelve gold. kilos each. Are they? Wow, they're not yeah. big, are they? They're not that big. Toblerone, <laughs> the classic. Ironically, Heathrow, Heathrow, where you Heathrow. find most Shop. of the, the UK's Toblerone. <laughs> <laughs> Only the large. They were go, they were trying to steal that, but they got mixed up. And stole some gold. <laughs> I've stolen three tons worth of Toblerone. <laughs> I was addicted, medically addicted to Toblerone. Was it like a ram raid thing? No, it was. An inside job. Oh, I knew. Yes, of course it was. Because how would you know the... Yeah. So I would... If it would... Say they did like... Do you think they like bash down doors and stuff like that? No, not in this instance. No, what they didn't because they just... Because they had an inside yeah, job. Yeah. They had a man... Well, I was going to Knock, knock, knock. Can we come in? Yes, yeah. Uh, evening, Alf. We're, we're here for the morning robbery. <laughs> well, I was going to say, say you drilled or bashed or whatever things. I would time it with the every 90 seconds, the... Big plane lands because that's what it is at Heathrow. Is that right? Or 60 seconds? Yeah, something like that. You can only bash through a door once every minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. Because then no one will notice. <laughs> Just stand there. Six I blokes in battle class. Yeah. Wait. Hold. I remember, um, <laughs> hang on. Uh, no, it's a rubbish. Small. It's a yeah. I remember uh, at the cinema watching Heat. The mega action '90s film, and it was so—I was thinking Trocadero or something. It was so loud. The, the, there's a massive gun battle that lasts for like ten minutes. <laughs> and I honestly, at the time, I remember this would be the perfect time to come in and murder <laughs> the <laughs> entire cinema, <laughs> row by row, because <laughs> it was so so loud, and you just do whatever you want. Uh, it's like in chess. First, you strategically position your pieces, then when the timing's right, you. Strike. Anyway, my point is, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> my point is the um, timing, loud noises with another loud noise. But as you say, 
they probably just walked in. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yes. Well, this was an inside job, as I say. So this is why you should always uh, treat your security guards well. Security guard uh, let yeah. them in to the warehouse. Anthony Black was their inside man, and he let them in. A, a gang of six let them inside, and the, what they decided that they would do is they would got the people who were working there, and they poured petrol over all of them mm. and threatened yeah. to set them on fire. Yeah. What, including the over their genitals? Yeah. Including the one who let him in. Yeah. Yeah, because. As a pretend. As a cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although these are the thieves we're talking about, so there's yeah. no reason why they wouldn't. No, they would do it anyway. Right, right. Because if he changes his mind, it you know, could be messy. Sure, yeah. So what they, when they went in, what they were going in to steal was a million pounds worth of pesetas, Spanish pesetas. That's right. what they thought they were going to get. Wow. So no small potatoes in no the end. No small pesetas. <laughs> a million pounds in. A million potatoes? A million pounds uh, okay. worth. It would have been better if it was because that would have been about twenty five pounds, yeah, about six <laughs> shillings. Yeah. Well, I mean, now it'd be worth nothing. Well, exactly, it'd be yeah, absolutely yeah. worth literally. Nothing. They have the euro. Yeah. yeah, you'd need a collector. And even then, they still wouldn't be worth <laughs> a million pounds. Why did they think that? Why did they think yeah, we're going to get some potatoes, not some gold and diamonds? And well, the information that they had was that that was what was being that was coming in transferred, yeah, okay. well, yeah. you know, brought in to be transshipped out from Anthony Black. Well, he was a security guard, so he wasn't privy to everything. He just knew that there would right. be that in there. So when they got in there and forced the uh, the employees to open the vault. Yep. They found all this Loads gold. Of stuff. Yeah, right. The gold wasn't even in the vault. It was in an outer anteroom. <laughs> it wasn't even inside. Oh. They just sort of walked past the gold yeah. to get to the. But they might not have noticed currency. the gold if one of the guards couldn't remember the pin number to get into the vault. Yeah. <laughs> so while they're kind of hanging around harassing this guy so that he would remember his pin number, yeah. you go, hang on, what's. What's this stuff stacked up here? Yeah. What's this shiny yellow metal stacked up at the side? It was all in cardboard boxes. Right. So you would have given it no thought at all. I mean, I don't know if it had caution gold bullion written on the side of the boxes, but I mean, literally, it was a stack of cardboard boxes. Almost hidden in plain sight. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know how it's normally transported, but I wouldn't have guessed in some cardboard boxes, but... um, Yeah. They're shipping the national debt through here in gold bars. So they went, well, hey, (laughs) we'll have this as well. Yeah. I mean, by hook or by crook, this lorry or van they were in must have been properly overloaded because it was mm-hmm. six blokes and three tons of gold. Wow. I, yeah, I had a quick look into that, and a, a standard um, like Ford van of the time could take about 3.8 tons. Okay. So it would have been, so I mean, it would have been a heavy walk. load. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a heavy load, but it wasn't overloaded. So, but they nicked it, did they, or not? They yeah, just yeah. attempted no, they bundled it in the back of the they van and drove off. And drove off, right, okay. All that glitters is gone. Well, the Flying Squad got involved, um, and their investigation led them to the sister of the security guard, Anthony Black. Yeah. His sister was living with a man named Brian Robinson, who was, turns out, one of the thieves. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. See, that's how they got their man on the inside. Sister... Oh, right. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, swooped. Yeah. And Where? They swooped on... Is it near your head? <laughs> no. <laughs> they swooped on Anthony Black yeah. within a month. Oi! Mm-hmm. And he immediately confessed. All right, I admit it. I am the Lindbergh baby. <laughs> he broke like a twig. Hmm. He gave them key impressions, your classic key in a... All right, yes. Yeah. Soap ball. Uh, he gave that to the robbers. To the robbers. Yeah. Um, robbers. 
<laughs> and he gave them. He told them all about the, the, the security, <laughs> the security measures that would be in place. Yeah, sure, sure. Basically, being him, um, and identified Brian Robinson, his sister's partner, as being one of the robbers. Basically, he became an informer. He spilled his guts. He not just confessed to being involved. He told yeah, okay. them everything. Yeah, sure, sure. As they always. I wonder if that, uh, as usual, I wonder if that therefore got him off. You know how I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, okay, do that, <laughs> and we won't charge you with anything. He, he was arrested and charged. Yeah, but he was quitted. Yeah, job. sure, sure, because he was for being so he squealed. <laughs> he squealed like a pig. So ten days later, Brian Robertson and his cohort Mickey McAvoy were arrested for armed robbery. Was it armed robbery? It was armed robbery. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean armed with key, petrol key robbery. Oh right, yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> um, armed with petrol. <laughs> yeah. What was McAvoy's nickname? Brinks. Something like Mad Mickey because of his bad temper. The Nutter. (laughs) Was that his name? Yes. Mickey the Nutter. Mickey the Nutter McAvoy. (laughs) (laughs) So he passed away this year, um, 71, when he died. A detective on the case said that um, McAvoy apparently was cheated out of his share of the spoils by the other villains. Mm. How many? Six of them? Yeah. 26 million pounds. What, in total? In total. So he was owed... 4.15 4.15 million and they didn't, that right? <laughs> he didn't get it is that true he got nothing his, his apparently his estate was like 150 grand when he died something like that not a lot so he didn't get his, his spoils unless he spent it mm. well if he did he didn't spend it on anything worth that he no. could hang on to Velvet Elvis Velvet Elvis <laughs> Cigar Indian <laughs> Oh yeah, just uh, this is unconnected to anything. Um, <laughs> I was uh, working last week, and there was a cordoned-off area because there'd been a fire uh, recently somewhere, and I needed to go through this cordoned-off area. And I, um, <laughs> there was these like security or I don't know people in high vis, pa- not patrolling, just um, making sure pe- people didn't go to- into this area. And I, but I was allowed to go through the area, and I approached it and I said to them can you lift up the hazard tape so I look like a detective <laughs> and he went yeah alright yeah and, I, and he, he lifted it up and I went un- I mean you know like detectives don't ever lift it up yeah, yeah. a kind of someone will yeah. lift the curtain someone, for them yeah, yeah. uniform yeah. to do it but, I, but in this case I asked the man yeah. I, I said yeah that. before I go through do you mind lifting it so I look like a detective and he goes yeah alright yeah. <laughs> And I went under, and I and, and then when I'd gone under, I looked back at him and said, uh, "Just give me twenty-four hours." <laughs> yeah, cheers. I am going to get to the truth. <laughs> no, I, I obviously had nothing to do with. It. <laughs> and, and there was no one watching. Just one at all. Purely for your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, when when it goes dark or lights turn off, and I shout my pearls. <laughs> my pearls um, the but it was just that because it was looked it was a secure thing that the public weren't allowed in yeah I thought I'm just gonna act out I'm like Columbo yeah or Chips <laughs> he was well up for it yeah but what a good bloke he wasn't the police I mean, he was just, no, a bloke just a bloke in, yeah. in a high vis yeah but he then went home and said guess what happened <laughs> This bloke How many probably thought I was a nutter? But what was that bloke's name? <laughs> the, the, the nutter. nutter. Yeah. <laughs> I never guessed what this bloke did today. Yeah, because I, I, it looked well, it was official, and you weren't allowed in it. I thought, oh, I'm just gonna 
I mean, he's not going to say no, is he? So did I... you did you go in and sort of get out a tap a notebook with pencils, <laughs> pencil behind my ear, deep in thought for mm. ten seconds? Yeah. Or did you like crouch slightly down? <laughs> Just one more thing. <laughs> you dramatically swiped your glasses yeah. from your face and said, "Put your head to slightly to one side. We're going to solve this." <laughs> face faced away from the person while I was talking to. Yeah, him. yeah. <laughs> but you went full Horatio. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. Sweet. Join the club. Time passed for the investigation. Yes. It's over a year before the police raid a place in Bath, in Somerset, Mm -hmm. where they found a furnace for the purpose of smelting gold. Oh, right. Gold, gentlemen, which can be melted down and recast, is virtually untraceable, attracting the biggest and most ingenious criminals. A guy named uh, John Palmer, who was a dealer in gold. He was away on holiday in Tenerife. Partners in his business were arrested. But what's interesting is that a a couple who lived nearby, neighbours of that property, had pointed it out to the police two days after the robbery. (laughs) Yeah, this bloke's got a crucible for smelting smelting loads of gold. Isn't gold like one of the highest temperatures... uh, in the world. <laughs> what, melting point? Yeah, it's um, like ridiculously high, meaning yeah. the operation is not like a little barbecue. It's uh, No, it's a proper it's gigantic. crucible. Like a and if someone is... Were they jewellery people anyway, those bath people? Yeah, he was a jeweller and a bullion dealer, but you don't normally melt all the bullion down. Yeah, why would they be doing be that trading anyway? in... Because they, you it, trade it, in the bars. The trade in the bars because they would have serial numbers and ah, provenance right. on so them. So that's why they. So you can track it. You wouldn't if you were melting it all down. So will you melt it into what? You might melt little bits of like rings and necklaces down, but not mm. loads of stuff. Because it take a huge amount of heat, uh, energy to get yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. Large but volume. What's the? It, um, it's very, very high. Basically, the requirement heat requirement. It is thirteen hundred. Well, one thousand and sixty-four degrees centigrade. Which is 1,947 degrees Fahrenheit. It's hot! Damn hot! Real hot! Quite a lot. So what, melting it, what, into more manageable... What they were doing was they were melting it down and they were mixing in, firstly to get rid of the serial numbers and the stamps, and then mixing in copper Mm. to change it. It was far too pure. Because it was too pure. Yeah. So they were basically... Too pure. Too pure. You put that on the market and it would just ring bells all over the place. Would it? Yeah. But there's loads of... Gold, not pure gold. So you put an expert would know, yeah. even though there's no serial numbers or because you just measure it. it you can be, chemically yeah. measure the purity of it and go. Oh, Hang okay. on a minute. It's a matter of purity, the very essence of it, which makes it unparalleled, unrivaled. Yeah. So they mixed in copper. Yeah. Right. And then that would change its uh, yeah. its, its composition, which would make it harder to associate it with the uh, stolen okay. gold. Right, right. So you just you know, chuck in some trade gold and a bit of copper coin and stuff like that. Right. Adding the kind of impurities you'd expect to find in standard gold. Right, okay. So that's got that in other normal golds. It's yeah. got that in. Yeah. Right. Whereas the stuff that they nicked was like 99.9% oh, gold. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so Kenneth Noy was a man who was brought in to... I've heard of him. To be... Have you? I have, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you why I've heard of him. Because uh, not that long ago, he uh, possibly murdered somebody mm. 
on the M25. Absolutely. Correct. He's yeah. known as the M25 killer. He is. It was yeah. a road he's rage. Weirdly, he's not known as, he actually probably is, but he's generally not known as the Brinks Matt Nicker. Well, he was brought in as to deal with the gold dispersal. So he wasn't to do with the... the He wasn't in the robbery itself. Right, yeah, okay. But he could could cope with that volume of gold. Right. Um, Yes, but in recent times, he he kind of... Well, obviously, he wasn't very nice, but he kind of completely ruined it for himself by road-raging somebody. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, A 22-year-old electrician. Yeah. While he was on temporary release from prison. Right, okay. Yeah. So he'd been let out, got in a Brinks road man. rage on mm-hmm. the M25, which like everybody does that, and killed this man, Cameron. Um, and his um, his girlfriend, who was actually his um, fiance, is now still in the witness protection program. The, of the. Of Cameron, man. yeah, yeah. Because she had to give evidence against Noy. And right, okay. I think it's safe to say he's not a good sort. No. You're a very bad man! And presumably he's not coming out. Oh, he's out again. Yeah, he's out, he's out again. again already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blimey, might listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> it was so the mur- the murder was in '96. He was convicted in 2000. I what think. did I say? No, Ten years ago, it was nearly 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, feel it feels, like that. I know. Right, okay, but he was convicted. Yeah, so he was arrested in '98, convicted in 2002, and in 2019 he was let out. So he did 17 years. He's now about 71 years so old, he's, again, he's developing out, properties. He's on licence, so he's like on parole, basically. Sure, sure. And spending evenings out with Jesse Wallace from EastEnders. I don't know who that is. Cat Butcher. Yeah, right. That was in the, pre- in the press uh, two days ago. What, as a hanging out? Yeah, they, hanging they were out. in a private box at the O2 watching um, Elvis Tribute concert at the O2 Arena. Anyway, so he was a gold uh, get rid of her. Get rid of her, yeah. Dispersal yeah. guy. Yeah. But he's a known villain. And a known gold dealer. Gold man. Yeah. 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 Did his first robbery when he was five. <laughs> Stuck his fist in the till of a corner shop. Yeah. Stuck his fist in the yeah, till. Yeah, uh, nicked money out of the till. <laughs> It'd be hard to grab it with his fist clenched. <laughs> no, no, if you grab something, your fist is clenched. Yeah, but not when you stick it in. You stick <laughs> you stick your hand in the till. Mm. Then you withdraw a fist. You withdraw a fist, yeah. I don't want to be pedantic, but I'm going to be pedantic. Will, if you want to be accurate, which is to say, if you want to be right about it... Whilst under surveillance, this is key, Mm -hmm. 1985, so it was about a year and a bit after the robbery, a detective constable named Fordham was hiding in his garden. There was was two of them, wasn't there? There there were two, but one of them was discovered by Kenneth Noy, who, in self-defence, beat him and stabbed him ten times. Self-defense, yeah. yeah, yeah, for which he was found not guilty of murder. He killed him. He killed yeah. the detective, yeah, and he got off. And he got off. How? Defending himself against Defending. an unarmed man. <laughs> yeah, it was a man in his garden in camouflage outfit Blimey. and balaclava. So they were staking him out or whatever. Yeah. they were staking him out. Yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, the dogs um, heard the guys in the garden, so the guys backed off. But one of them backed up the garden, the other one didn't. And Noy came out with a knife and discovered him. Blimey. I mean, ten stab wounds. Yeah, it's not defence. It's, it's, yeah. it's a bit. That's a frenzied attack. Mm-hmm. Hello, my name's Mark Decano, and I host the Comedy in a Nutshell podcast, in which I talk with those in and around the comedy circuit, and most especially the comedians, about what comedy means to them. 
Simon Amstel plus Lena Dunham plus Mr Blobby. I thought that would be a good combo. Every gig you get is somebody else not getting a gig. I've had sometimes I've had people like pull out a notepad and I've been like, oh no, no, thank you. You are a jester and you're here to bring light relief to people's lives. Somebody at the end was like, oh my God, she's dirty. <laughs> and I was like, I am. Thank you very much. My boyfriend says he feels like he has to tread very carefully because he was like, I know that everything has the potential to become material. I can now give to people and they definitely in that moment are having a good time. So if you want to know more about what comedy means to the people at its heart, then hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Comedy in a nutshell, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Fringe, baby. <laughs> so by 1986, so another year passes, mm-hmm. the police have decided they finally found a bunch of people that they can gather right. together and start yep. taking them to trial. So you've got Kenneth Noy, you've got some other people with him all put together for handling gold. You've got Palmer, the guy who had the smelting operation, yes. he was deported from Brazil. He went on trial for conspiracy, but he got off because he basically just said, I didn't know that the gold was neat. Mm. <laughs> this massive pile of gold was stolen. Oh, right. was I didn't know that dealing, all these, yeah. these criminals didn't stole. He was just dealing with some gold. He was just melting gold. Yeah, right. And it just kept coming. Yeah. I had no idea that these, these nefarious oh, villains... <laughs> But he got out. Anyone? What? What? You can't arrest me. I've got a doctor's certificate saying prisons are bad for me. I bet he hung out with Ronnie Biggs. <laughs> yeah, probably. Both two miscreants together. Another suspect named Fleming was held. He was kicked out of Spain. He went to Costa Rica, but then the US arrested him and deported him to the UK. He was charged with, with handling money. Yeah. But his case was thrown out in 25 seconds <laughs> because of insufficient evidence. Okay. They said it was him. How do you know? Hutch. Case dismissed. <laughs> wow. 25 seconds is about as long as it takes for a judge to say it is dismissed. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not guilty. Case not proven. Court again. McAvoy's wife, Mrs. Nutter, Mrs. N- Mrs. <laughs> Nutter, yeah. was arrested for conspiracy to handle stolen goods. Mm-hmm. They just arrested everyone even remotely connected to it and threw yeah, sure. conspiracy and handling and possession Which you charges. Would, I, mean, I would imagine that's the normal hmm. thing to do. Most of them got off. Because there was, really? uh, they were literally just arresting everybody, and no, there was no evidence. Maybe they hoped that, like, if you keep arresting people associated with it, someone might know something, sure, yeah, and yeah. they might let that information go in the hope that they'll, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and the other side of it, of course, is as we know, when in theft cases, not only are you being arrested and charged with the theft, but you're also required to repay all the value. So even though mm. there was some people that were like um, Mrs. The Nutter McAvoy, yeah. Although there was no verdict in her case, the authorities still seized her house. It was bought for her by her yeah. <laughs> husband. Exactly. Or ex-husband. On, in early 1984. <laughs> <laughs> in gold. <laughs> <laughs> in gold. Anthony Black, the security guard, yeah. he was sentenced to six years mm-hmm. for robbery. Nutter McAvoy and Brian Robinson got 25 years each for armed robbery. They were both released in 2000. So they got out after 15 years or something? Yep. yep. Kenneth Noy and some of his confederates were charged and found guilty of conspiracy in the handling of the stolen property. Uh, Noy was fined half a million pounds and 200,000 in costs and sentenced to 14 years. And he was ordered to make a payment of 27 and a half million pounds. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. Right. In, in repayment. So yeah. that's fine and cost and repayment. Wow, wow. And 14 years in prison. He served seven. So he got out in 1994. Then went back. Yeah, seven went, years back for, for the biggest robbery we'd ever had. Oh, no. Yeah. Worth every penny. And presumably yeah. hasn't repaid it. No. There were still people being tried up until 1992. That's how long it took for people being arrested and, wow, wow. and being charged. And the last people, Parry, Perry, Clark and Savage, were jailed for 10, 9, 6 and 5 years. Although one of them, Perry, was shot not long after getting out of prison. As part of the curse, which I'll come back to <laughs> in a second. So the gold. Um, half of the gold has never been recovered. So again, got one and a half tonnes back. Got one and a half tonnes and one and a half tonnes missing. Where the hell's that gold? In 1996, it was suggested that the likelihood is that the remaining missing gold was back on the market. Yeah, chopped into mixed and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Johnson Matthey, who was the company that originally, in possession it was, that company, before they basically collapsed (laughs) for this, among many other reasons, probably got the gold back by other means. (laughs) legitimate means you know it just kind of worked its way back into the system so right. like it is they ended up back with it anyway but they didn't know without knowing yeah. right okay. and wasn't there 11 bars found at Noy's house yeah there was a bunch found at his house yeah a million pounds worth was found in the Bank of England <laughs> <laughs> so it had like I say half of, you know money was making its way through the system sure there was a two million pound reward offered to find the gold but that was never claimed mm-hmm. according to a documentary by the BBC Anyone who's bought any gold jewellery in the United Kingdom after 1983 probably has some Brinks gold in it. <laughs> so if you've ever been in a Ratner's, you've bought some. <laughs> yeah. no, it wouldn't be Ratner's. No. That's oh, true. Ratner famously said. There is no rubbish. gold in it, yeah. <laughs> People say to me, how can you sell this for such a low price? I say because it's total crap. By the mid-90s, we're talking like nearly a decade later now, Yes. the threads of this have gone so far that there was a, an oil well in Kansas had assets frozen in suspicion of being connected to, to, to fencing the money because the money had gone so far and wide. Of course. And yeah, it was yeah. so much. They, they, they had 57 different people had assets frozen, including an oil well in Kansas. Wow, wow. Three million pounds had been recovered from Kent Noy. Of 26. Of, of, yeah. A bunch of people were all ordered to repay 26 million pounds. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was 26 million pounds was stolen. Yes. And then like a dozen different people were ordered <laughs> to repay 26 million pounds. Joint and several responsibility. Yeah. So if they all paid it back, they would have got 10 times. Yeah, right, so. okay, yeah, Give me my money. Give me my money. Give me my money. Now, only a few weeks after the robbery, there were five men arrested in Austria. Do you know about this? <laughs> yeah. Police arrested these people who had 10 gold bullion bars and they all bore the mark and the mm-hmm. serial numbers of bars stolen from Brink's robbery. Yeah. But they were counterfeit. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they had counterfeited stolen gold. It's Mickey Mouse, mate. Spurious. Not genuine. Is that just unfortunate coincidence that they'd, I don't know, previously seen those bars and noted the numbers down or whatever? Well, it, nobody knows really why they would do it. No one knows how a how they got the serial numbers, mm. and b why they would counterfeit stolen gold. If you're going to counterfeit gold, why yeah, of gold has yeah, got yeah. that much heat yeah. on it? Other than to say that they were to get like fame or a yeah, reward sure. for returning part of the gold. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I mean, it seems a bit. It's a very weird, Idi- thing idiotic. Unless they thought there was a market for you know 
the real Brinks Matt Gold. Do you know what I mean? Like, which I mean, if they were because if they could show stolen gold to yeah. criminals, exactly. But yeah. then criminals were just as likely to kill you when they found out it weren't real. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's Sorry. a bloke who used to work who was the you know those old school announcers you know at balls and big gala events. I, I introduced Lord and Lady, and then they enter the room. Yeah. There was one of those, he used to work at Lord's, and he was a master of ceremonies person. Mm. And he, like, got, he was re- he retired or something. And about a week before he retired, I found out that he was a, de- he was a detective on Brinks Matt. Really? He was a lead detective. And I was like, and we hadn't done it. Oh, obviously hadn't done yeah. it. I, but I was like, oh, God, I must keep, because I bet we do it. But then he like retired or left the job, and so I don't know who he is. But my point is that I would have, if he still were there, I would have absolutely gone. Can we just have a quick chat? Yeah, because he was the main bloke on it. Because oh, and yeah. I, as soon as he said that, he said, "Because I, because I do, I work on cruise ships and I do talks and I and I do a Brinks Matt talk." And I was like, "Oh bloody hell!" Yeah, and left. So, I, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I know. There is a thing. Called the curse. Yes. If there's some the Spanish pirate coins mixed in. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. The idea is, you know, the curse of whatever. The world's it, oldest man. <laughs> they keep dying. Yeah. Can't so you become yeah. the they keep dying. Man, they yeah, die. yeah. No, you don't want to be that. You'll yeah die. Or like the curse of Tutankhamun. Um, Everyone involved in that. Yeah. Keeps dying. A hundred years ago, <laughs> they <Yeah>. all died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Latest victim of the curse dies aged 92. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the curse. Um, anyway, there is a so-called curse of the Briggs Matt gold. Mm. It's got a death curse! Basically referring to all the people who've been shot dead, <laughs> who were involved in it. Most interestingly to me is Charlie Wilson. Mm-hmm. Does that name mean anything to you? Uh, really? Charlie Wilson was a member of the Great Train Robbers... Oh, he was the first one to escape from prison as well. Yeah. Um, he was potentially involved in both. He, he was asked to launder some of the money. He lived in Spain at the time. Yeah, yeah. He was asked to launder some of the money from the, the job, mm-hmm. Briggs Matt job, um, and apparently lost, inverted commas, three million pounds. Okay. Yeah. Um, Clumsy. And then in 1990, he was shot dead. Ah, right. Whether that has any relation, we don't know. Because obviously he's a criminal, so they could be shot dead by any number of people yeah, <laughs> for any reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the curse struck Charlie Wilson. Yes. Because of his sort of sideways connection. Loads of yeah. horrible things. Yeah. Nick Whiting, who was a friend of Kenneth Noy, he was questioned about the laundering. Also in 1990, he was found murdered. Um, and a whole bunch of other people from financiers, money launderers. Um, so quite a lot of people. Yeah weirdly found shot there including Palmer also known as really? Goldfinger the smelter <laughs> John Goldfinger Palmer Greasy Palmer oh, yeah. he was shot dead in 2015 wow still, so it's still going on well <laughs> if you mean criminals are still being killed yes <laughs> yeah. there's a lesson there yeah, yeah. kids Kenny Noy still alive Kenny Noy still alive oh, yeah. Yeah. although he did kill at least two people his spirit wanders in purgatory, unable to rest for the villainy he put upon the earth. When um, Noy was in prison, he uh, met up with what was the uh, UK's largest cocaine trafficker, who <laughs> <laughs> um, was also in prison doing time for that, Stephen Mee. Um, and as, mm-hmm. yeah, as with uh, drug dealing, I suppose it's uh, a selfish act 
It's all me, me, me. <laughs> anyway, yes. uh, Stephen Mead did his uh, bachelor's art degree whilst in prison hmm. and went on to produce a series of paintings, yep. one of which is of Kenneth Noy, <laughs> sat atop a pile of gold bars <laughs> with a smelting happening in the background <laughs> and an aircraft taking off from Heathrow in the background. On the nose, then a little bit, yeah. Um, Kenneth Noy was there, I think, at the um, the opening of uh, one of Mee's exhibitions. So he was... drew because he had a captive audience of people to draw, yeah. And then produced... has done us, yes, done a series of various crims and crimes and famous people. What he has in access to certain people, he is balanced out with his lack of talent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So you don't think I haven't seen it? Is it? Do you think it's rubbish? Bearing in mind they're both out. <laughs> uh, bail. On bail. It's magnificent work. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> at large. I've just seen it. It's outstanding. <laughs> They're at large. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, um, I don't know, confident as, brushwork? As, <laughs> as Kenny Noy describes it, uh, I've come here and the pictures are amazing. I didn't know you were so into art. Okay, brilliant. So, Pop Cult, 1992, oh, yeah. there was a movie called Fool's Gold. Sean Bean, yeah, yeah. he played Bean. the Nutter Mackerel. Mm. As you quite uh, quite rightly pointed out, there is a TV show called The Curse. There was, yeah. Have yeah, you yeah. seen it? It's kind of comedic, uh, yeah. comedy drama. It's brilliant. Uh, big Tom D, Tom Davis, great oh, comedian, yes. he's in it. Um, and it's, a base, it's basically about the theft of gold in the 80s. Well, it's the factual uh, story, but... Well, is it all fact? I mean, it's quite funny, though, isn't it? It's not. It's it's loosely inspired. Right. Okay. Right. So no, it's not factual at all. No, it's like thought. Oh, that sounds like. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sure. Bunch of criminals steal a load of gold, go off to Spain. That makes sense. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that could be inspired by any number of things, mm, but this yeah, is sure. the gold one. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's absolutely brilliant. It's two series, I think. I yeah. think. Um, but it's brilliant. I've not seen that one. It's well, basically the, the people who I don't know whether they wrote it, but people who did people just do just nothing. Oh, right, okay. Council estate, yeah, yeah. Thing. They're all in it. Okay. Must admit, I can't remember if they wrote it. They might. They might. I think it they was, might. They wrote it. Yeah. They wrote it. Right there. Yeah. You go. So all of those people. Chibadi G. And... Yeah, I'm not sure he's in it. He's not in it. No. Okay. But the others, Alan Mustafa and Hugo Chegwin and Steve. Somebody. I could see your buddy being a gold dealer. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, yeah. it's good, good casting. <laughs> it's really the first series is all about the gold, and the second series is about uh, drugs. They get oh, it's a drugs. different subject. Yeah, because yeah. they get into, they get in an ill-advised deal with um, Escobar. Paul Escobar. <laughs> the um, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, so that's a recent one, but presumably there's been loads of actual older well there's a doctors. more recent one as there's well more recent even yeah. more recent right. the BBC series The yes, Gold The Gold with, oh The Gold um, Hugh Bonneville yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, and Dominic Cooper that was filmed here <laughs> what in your house there literally there in the street yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they used the police station there oh right okay as a set and it was uh, for as a film set and they used the my street as the filming bit Um, and it was literally directly opposite Uh, and we we were looking out the window from the top window going "Mm, what's going on (laughs) Um, and they'd replaced all the car they'd moved all the cars and replaced them with 1980s cars Cortinas and Capris (laughs) exactly that yeah and they'd replaced because I was like "Mm, I think you better uh," because I'm 
continuity expert. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, I think yeah, those street lights are <laughs> old, new. Um, so they might have, uh, when they might have done that. CGI. They would have just yellowed them out. Yeah, yellow. <laughs> Make them look old. Is that a verb? <laughs> oh, it is now. Okay. Uh, I mean, basically, presumably this road hasn't changed. Well, it hasn't. It's been changed probably a lot longer than in the eighties. The um, it was they used disused police station next door as a film set so we started at my house yeah we ended at your house. I didn't know that, that was as soon as you said it I thought oh it's about bring I didn't know it's about bring smart but I knew that the gold was a uh, go. thingy well yeah, it's yeah. a small world after all what was that movie about a middle-aged woman who ran off to Spain uh, Shirley Valentine. Oh, yeah, 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 that was filmed in my street. <laughs> oh right, yeah. yeah. Ruth's feeling left out. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, which what happened? Oh, they, I remember cycling home from work one day, and I came into the end of the road, and <laughs> it was a hot sunny day, and the entire like, well, when I hit the road, it was absolutely drenched in rain. Right. Like all the gardens, the houses, the roofs oh, of the houses, so they, the street so was all wet. Fake rain. But it was hot, and it'd been hot all day. And then I enter the street and it's full of rain. I think, oh, we must have had one of those funny things where, you know, it rains in the back garden and not in the front yeah, yeah, garden. Sure. Yeah. Yep. And you get halfway up the street and suddenly it's dry. But it was it was soaking wet for about 100 metres. Yeah, sure. And then when I got home, I looked out the window and you could see a massive film set in the middle oh, of the wow. rainy area. Wow, wow. And that was uh, Shirley Valentine's house. Near York. Yeah, not the inside, just the outside. Okay. The inside was somewhere totally shots. different. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But there's no gold. <laughs> An episode of Minder filmed yeah. down the road from my house. That's a bit really? closer to yeah, the yeah. criminal world. Well, that was probably about that era. It was about it? probably around the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, it would have been about eighty-eight, I think, a bit later. I was yeah. going. I was walking to work. Yeah. And Just um, see other. I saw um, Dennis Waterman and Rula Netska. Nice. Waved Excellent. at them and they waved back. And then they uh, waved back. Yeah. Well, they were just standing around between shots. Right. Um, Hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mark. <laughs> that was Hello. that was really nice. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they were filming literally an exterior shot at a house. They wanted a house on the Heathrow flight path. Yeah, yeah. So was, they were just filming outside, so that they could fly. They would wait, a plane would go over, and George Cole would go, "Oh, oh, oh!" <laughs> anyway, what, as a because it was scared of funny because the planes were low. Yeah, right. There you go. Mm. There's a bus stop there. Yes, right there. What's it called? Fleabag. Oh yeah. Oh right. Andrew Scott was pacing up and down in front of my house, learning his lines, mm. talking to himself, learning his lines. Yeah. And my friend, Chris, is his cousin, and I was, uh, but we were too scared to go and, <laughs> to go and uh, kind of interrupt because he was like kind of debating, gesticulating to himself and learning his lines. Mm-hmm. But my, I phoned my mate, Chris, saying, Andrew's walking walking in front of my house he's like oh go and I was like oh I'm scared because <laughs> he was he was in the moment basically mm-hmm. um, so I left him to it basically but he he paced up and down in his vicar outfit obviously mm-hmm. paced up and down <laughs> my, the house maybe that's why you were frightened of him because he was dressed as a vicar you're thinking of Catholic priests that's all for this time if you want to know more about what we've talked about on this episode then just google it or something You can listen to all of our previous episodes on our website. That's www.truecrimediary.co.uk. Please remember to leave a review on your podcast provider if you can, or you can email us. That's stuff at truecrimediary.co.uk. My thanks to Jed and Rue and to all of you for listening. And we'll see you again on next date in our True Crime Diary. (laughs) 